This Monday, May 28th, head down to the Park Theater to see melodic death metal band The Black Dahlia Murder with Homewrecker. Tickets are $30 in advance, $35 at the door, and doors are at 7 o'clock. Again, that's Black Dahlia Murder, Homewrecker, May 28th at the Park Theater. This week's episode of Witch Please Radio is brought to you by Fourth Quarter Records. It's a Winnipeg-based label and recording studio home to 3Pete, as well as Eggs Solo Projects and Charlie Feta. You can find their merchandise, including the awesome new 3Pete hoodies, online at fourthquarterrecords.com. And if you haven't seen these things, uh, you should definitely check them out. I mean, a lot of local artists are wearing them right now, and it's very cool to see the support uh, from across genres. Uh, as soon as those 3Pete hoodies came out, I've been seeing all kinds of people posting on social media, and it's, you know, people in rock bands, electronic music, uh, soul music, whatever. They're all sort of supporting the 3Pete gear. So there's definitely uh, a lot of love and support for 3Pete within the local music community at large, and it's very cool to see. You're listening to Garbage Hill, one of its first podcast network. Welcome to Witch Police Radio. I am uh, in a house with a Christmas tree in April, which is the, <laughs> is the first thing I noticed when I came in here, and uh, it's pretty awesome, actually. That's, that's dedication to a holiday. To... I said not 10 minutes before you got here. Maybe this would have been an appropriate time to take down the Christmas tree. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the first time I've seen that, that this late in the year. I kind of respect it. I have a, a neighbor who still has a pumpkin out from Halloween, oh, yeah. and it's turning into just like mush. It's the most disgusting. I, I take pictures of it every couple of weeks, just because like, I'm so shocked that it's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one thing they got in common, because I just shoveled my pumpkin from Halloween off <laughs> like two days ago. If this was a real tree, I would have it. Out yeah, it would probably be just liquid at this point. But the yeah. truth is, it's just it's not. It's in an unobtrusive spot, so I just forget it's there. Fair enough. And there was definitely one year that you put like Easter decorations on it. Yeah, that, was, we, that definitely happened when I lived here. We turned it into the Valentine's tree, and then an Easter tree, and then took it down. I've thought of that before. Just like this thing, so much trouble to put up, just leave it. And mm-hmm. but. Yeah, to, just to, <laughs> aside from the Christmas tree, there is an actual reason that we're here. So uh, I think that maybe the best way to do it, first of all, uh, I'm here with three members of the Moonlit Road. And is this all three members, or are we missing someone? Well, the Moonlit Road is a funny band because it's like a revolving cast of people. Okay. Uh, but these are the main three. These are the main three, okay. <laughs> it's always him, and it's all, almost always the two of us. Right, Pretty okay. much almost always, okay, well, in most bands. Let's uh, go around the table here. Everyone introduce themselves and what they play in the band. We'll start with you because this is obviously, uh, you know, yeah, your project. Uh, here, so. so I'm Jordan. I play the guitar and fuck around with a lot of other things, uh, but mostly I play the guitar. Okay, fair enough. Songs and sing the songs. Yeah, I can. I, I mean, I, I try to do that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not my job. <laughs> well, what is what is your job? Uh, Everything I'm, else, pretty I'm, much. <laughs> I'm Joel, and my job is to play the guitar. Okay. I'm Jeremy, I'm drummer, and smacking Jordan when he <laughs> falls out of time, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that happens. From behind the drums, you can... I throw he usually out hits loud things. Like, okay. When okay. I play Fair a enough, lead, yeah. he has to hit a crash really yeah. hard so I don't want to stop. Because like, there's a point where I uh, fall off the muse right. and start to suck ass. Is it noticeable enough to people listening that you're trying to get it's him? It's noticeable out? enough to these two. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're used to it though, right? Yeah, yeah. It just sounds like it's just a really big... 
cue feel. Okay. Just like okay. A, yeah. Not yeah. quite like I can feel it. Every in the every tonight. song has in the air tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so aside from the the, the, the obviously. Uh, Frequent mistakes. <laughs> uh, hold on, can we start over? This is going. This is going perfectly well. Um, aside from the, the you know the crash cues for the mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you guys, just looking at, at what I can find online, and unlike a lot of the bands I interview on the show, there's not really a lot that you yeah. guys have up there. I mean, I think I found yeah. one song that was recorded, and I think I first kind of stumbled upon you because you were playing one of Greg Arcade's shows yeah. last year. And, you know, as people who listen to the show know, Greg's been on like eight times. Like, you know, he's a regular sort of semi-regular guest on the show and I've known him for a long time. So I always try to keep track of all these bands he's he's finding because he's, he's sort of, especially with country music, he's kind of out there p- picking and choosing between all the people who are trying to do country in, in Manitoba, right? The godfather so, of country. <laughs> I, think he's go- I think he's going for that title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of where you first kind of, uh, the name appeared. And I was like, oh, this is, what is this, you know? Um, and so do you kind of consider yourselves a country band first and foremost or is there... There's obviously more to it, you know, based on hearing it and based on your bios and things, but is that sort of the main overarching genre? Yeah, like, I guess I describe us as country alternative because... Uh, is that different from alt-country? Because that's the yes. thing too, right? Okay, so yes. what's, what, what are the, how do you differentiate between the two? Well, like, I think Greg maybe falls more into, like, the alt-country, like, more legitimate country okay. uh, sound, and my stuff... I'm heavily influenced by like bands from the '90s, like so. I love like Bush, and okay, Smashing Pumpkins, okay. and like, and, and so like, it's four chords, and some of my themes that I talk about are a little more hardcore than like right Florida Georgia Line. You can go. Yeah, well, I sure. guess you can't hear that. But. No, I think people will figure out what you're talking about. I think yeah. it's pretty obvious. I don't know if we have any fans of that band to listen to the show. There might be. I, I, I apologize hope not. If, if, for that rude gesture. But <laughs> you should listen to something other than Florida. <laughs> Probably, it'd be good for you. Well, that's that's interesting though that you mentioned those bands uh, because I mean that stuff uh, I love that '90s stuff too, and because uh, it's kind of what I grew up on, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, you guys probably as well. I imagine. Right, right. So, um, so but I mean that stuff's very characterized by that kind of loud, soft, you yeah. know, building up to the heavy part, building back down. Yeah. Does that come through in what you're doing? Uh, I mean, in a country way, <laughs> or I, yeah, I, I think it does. I mean, like the stuff that you'll hear on this show today, yeah. I I played the acoustic on. But uh, I, I have a tendency to just kind of dime everything that has gain or volume when I get going. Okay, okay. Sometimes that kind of gets a little sloppy because I get... I, I started off playing punk. Right. And, and you... Like you, everyone else in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any band so, ever. So yeah. you can, yeah. you can kind of get away with not playing technically perfect. Sure, yeah. But I find when you play country, you have to clean it up a little bit and like think about things like, oh, songs are supposed to have beats. Sure. You know? So. As we established, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but for um, like I just mean the, the kind of the dynamics thing where, where I mean, that, that's oh yeah, I rip that off hard. Yeah, is that, yeah, the, yeah. The, how does that fit into more of a country sound then? How do you because you're not gonna, I'm assuming, just get like super heavy and uh, all of a sudden, unless... no, uh, I think you hear it more in the uh, the way that the guitar parts are arranged, and especially when we have a full kit, you'll hear the, the drums pick up okay. the choruses and stuff, so it does, it gets loud, but it's not like smashing pumpkins where you yeah. go from like a soft to screaming to yeah yeah big would, muff pedal on hard sure like, yeah i would say that i try to think about that when i put guitar parts on like one of my uh i mean i already referenced our lady piece but another big 
band that I love is the Foo Fighters. Okay, fair enough. Um, and and I think that that's a thing that they do very well. If maybe sometimes they don't do enough other things, but <laughs> um, but the way that they layer stuff up really um, influences me as a okay. musician. And so I try to think, okay, well, the course needs to just be way bigger. And it mean maybe well, their courses are huge. Maybe right? it doesn't yeah. always. It, but when when like I find that. Um, a lot of the stuff that Jordan writes works really well with a nice laid back kind of um, verse that has a lot more space because he writes some pretty good lyrics and you can hear those come through. Right. And then in the chorus, it's like, all right, here we go. Punch <laughs> uh, it up a bit, yeah. And, and there are shows where, I, where I've actually played drums and Jeremy's played bass. Okay. And when I'm drumming with Jordan, my mentality is the same. It's like, all right, chorus, here we go. Somewhere there's a video of us, and like we've played in a few bands together, yeah. often as a three piece. So I think that maybe affects the way we come at it, too. Like we're all like, like a power trio kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, which, you know, which is a lot of fun, but it's limiting in some ways, too. But mm. uh, there's a video somewhere of us playing in one of our bands in Transcona. And uh, you can see me like rocking out on an SG, like all 300 pounds of me behind that. And then you can see Joel on this crappy backline PB drum kit that sounded like absolute garbage, but he was rocking it. And I think we played a scared cover. It was yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, man. It sounds pretty good, actually. Didn't we, it was fun. It was fun. And like going on your theme of 90s music, didn't we play a Pearl Jam cover? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we what did. song did you play? Uh, well, it was a cover of a cover because okay. we did Last Kiss. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. The Pearl Jam. The Pearl Jam version. way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fun. The, the, the only reason I'm kind of dwelling on the '90s thing here is because, like, it, it just seems so disconnected from country. And I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. country is, is the strong thing. What you're yeah, doing, yeah. Just, just hearing you play, it's that's that's the vibe, right? But sure, it, it's just like it, it's cool that people do that nowadays, especially more than they ever used to, where they can take totally disparate yeah. sounding things sure. and mash them together. But how does that play out um, with country audiences? Like, I mean, does it? What do they? What do people expect when you guys show up <laughs> and you, you start playing? I mean, is that does that ever affect kind like, of the reaction you get so because you're going a bit heavier than? It's a, it's kind of interesting to watch because it depends on the venue. Like, okay, uh, I kind of stopped playing for a little while uh, when my kids were born, and then uh, I finished a job and I went, you know what? I want to pick up the guitar and, and start playing again. So I went on a little uh, solo acoustic tour of Manitoba and started playing again. Okay, and. Uh, so it was just me and the guitar for a long time, uh, which meant people were actually listening to what I was saying. Sure, yeah. yeah. So then well, the things I started to write about started to become things that mattered to me instead of just trying to shoot fish in a barrel of a pop country song. Right. I started singing about heavier things. Uh, so some of the lyrics that you hear in my songs talk about uh, things like mental illness and addictions uh, because those are two things that I struggled with off and on through my life I have bipolar disorder and generalized anxiety disorder so like when you rang a bell I was like oh my god I'm gonna have a heart attack you know he seems like a cool guy I'm crapping my pants you know and that's like all day every day yeah so that started to come into my my music a little bit and I realized that by doing that it was therapeutic for me to do it but it also was helping people because people would come up to me after shows and say you know that that meant a lot to me when you sing about that because you know whatever their story was and so I think that's where some of the 90s influence comes into the music, too, because a lot of the stuff that I liked uh, when I was growing up talked about things like that. Like, sure, yeah. love Chris Cornell. I love Eddie Vedder. I, yeah. love, I love all those guys that everybody loves, but those aren't themes you hear in country. Not very often, no. No, no. and so that's, that's the kind of thing I like to try to bring into the country is 
the stuff that people are too scared to talk cool. about. Cool. Uh, um, so about the, uh, you know, you're saying about anxiety and bipolar and all that stuff being kind of something you're writing about. Do you feel, have you ever had um, issues where, like, how does that translate to going on stage, I guess I want to ask. I mean, as someone who's dealt with anxiety, anxiety problems as well, I always felt that uh, even doing the show, I'm totally comfortable interviewing someone. I'm fine. When I yeah. played in bands, I could play on stage. I was fine. But then it's like trying to have a conversation with a stranger. I'm freaking out and shitting my pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I went to a, a, an event for UMFM Radio um, on the weekend, and I knew two people there, and I was like pretty much ready to bail sure. as soon as I got there. Yet I can go to strangers' houses every week and yeah. do this and just whatever. It's totally and completely comfortable. Do you have similar things like on stage? Do you feel that you can just go and play because that's your element, or is that also a difficult thing to do? It's it's a weird thing for me because even around people that I'm very familiar with like i've known these guys for over 10 years yeah i'll still get anxious you know because part of me is always like well what's this person think about me or what are they going to say about about me behind my back that i have no control over and shouldn't care about but you know just tell you what we think yeah Yeah. well that's the nice part about these guys yeah 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 Yeah. and and i prefer that honestly but i think sometimes that trips me up from taking opportunities because i get too afraid of the what ifs instead of just like well why don't you just fucking do it sure uh, so part of why I started playing again was because it was uh, why don't you just fucking do it like you like it and it really doesn't matter what other people have to say about what you're doing or why you're doing right. it you should quit caring about that so performing uh, I hadn't performed in like two or three years and then I just booked a gig at a bar that I'd never played at before and uh, Leading up to that, I kept telling my wife, I don't want to do this. I don't want to play anymore. I just want to go to work, come home, play with the kids, and go to bed like I do every other day. Yeah. Uh, but she said, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 7 o'clock bedtime. Whew, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so I showed up to that gig, and uh, like all week I was dreading it and didn't want to do it. And then I got there, and I sat down, and I played the first song, and people were singing along, and the bar filled up, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. And uh, since then, I haven't doesn't bother me to walk on stage and play anymore cool. that's kind of the place where i go where i don't feel anxious yeah I, for, sure. for um, sure that being said as soon as i walk off again i'm like all right cat where's the the video you took so i can hear where i fucked up because i'm sure i fucked right. up here and here and here and here and here and, then and nobody in the crowd noticed any of it Abs- yeah, yeah yeah like they're not here to hear you they're here to drink the beer and right. you're just in the background yeah. or, or whatever and if they happen to like what you're yeah. doing they're, that's even better right? yeah. yeah exactly yeah. yeah nobody notices that stuff no, no, except no. for the people playing. I had a yeah. buddy who came to a gig a couple months ago, and he pointed out to me, um, after like he's a classmate of mine in school, and he was like, "Ah, you made a couple of mistakes last night." I caught them, <laughs> and I was like, "You are an idiot." I made a hundred mistakes. It worked, and and uh, I, I've it's always been told. Stuff, right? like, no yeah, sure. well, yeah, that's the thing too. When people don't uh, know your original material, they don't they know how you screw up. This. Maybe it's supposed to sound like you. Know, like, they just yeah. go, "Oh, I like the words there." Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a cool melody. Yeah, and sure. it, I find too, if if you screw up on guitar, you just play it again, and people think it's supposed to be that way. Oh, you played it twice, so it must not be a mistake. <laughs> oh, he played it four times. Oh, but he played it off time and out of tune. Yeah. Maybe he just sucks. Maybe, <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe he's stuck in a loop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to reboot him. Yeah. Maybe we learned the song, the record skipping or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hang on, guys. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Give yeah. us two minutes. We have to power Jordan down. Turn back on again. Quick, hit that crash really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> keep hitting the crash. So it sounds like um, your song you, you were doing this before the band just on your own anyway right you were you were singing writing songs and, and playing them we have a weird history because like when i moved to the okay 
Let's go back to like the beginning. Okay. I met Joel at a place called Rock Lake United Church Camp. Okay. When you were just a wee little baby, and I've uh, been sixteen. 15 or 16, yeah. I know your hair was like friggin' long. <laughs> yeah, it's getting close again. Pretty close. And I was a staff member when he was a counselor, and that's okay. when we met. I feel like we probably played a few talent shows together that summer, probably like some Neil Young covers or something, because everybody can play that shit. Uh, and uh, We did Layla that one time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can play that riff, but I don't bother <laughs> to really learn other songs. Right. Uh, I, I don't know, covers have never been my thing. Uh, but we started a band, Jeremy, Joel, and I, after I moved to the city. And then we played <laughs> with Glenn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a few shows. Uh, the guy who's... Be careful. Maybe Glenn listens to the show. If, Glenn, if you're out there, I'm sorry, but like, learn to tune a fucking bass and not play the pick. Um, no offense to bass players who play with picks. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not... sure there's a lot of them who listen to the students. I'm, I'm not ragging on the pick. I'm not ragging on the pick. I'm ragging on the fact that he'd hand me his bass and be like, can you tune this for me? And then I would turn to Joel and be like, can you tune these two things for me? Some, <laughs> some offense to bass players that don't know how to use a tuner. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're playing on stage, I think. And, like, he had really nice equipment. And, like, I feel like he was maybe in the band because he was good-looking. I guess that's a reason. That's a... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and he filled a spot. Okay. So I guess we've always kind of been a three-piece now yeah. that I think about it. <laughs> well, I guess what I, what I was getting at with the original question about, you know, you having songs just on, on your own, apart from the band, is how do the songs you write change when you have these guys involved? I mean, sure. structurally or just the general tone of them? Like, are you kind of surprised by the direction they take once you have the other two guys involved? Uh, and then I guess for you guys, same thing, right? If you hear them playing an acoustic song, what do you add to it? And how, how do you kind of turn it into... a the band song versus just a guy with an acoustic guitar. So. I have a, a kind of strange thing where I, I like to be in a band and I like to be a solo performer. And that kind of blends a lot in the way that I write songs so that if I have to go out and play by myself, the song carries itself well enough. Okay. But if I play with the band, it's even better. Um, uh, I think I was surprised by what they brought to the music when we first started playing together because like, oh, these guys kick ass. I gotta up my game like right. big time <laughs> in, in order to keep up with these guys. Because oh man, Bef- before we bury that joke too far, I wanna. <laughs> I don't I know will, if it can ever die. I want to state that, and but and we'll make it a hundred more times. But I want to <laughs> state before we make it a hundred more times that uh, perhaps Jordan's best skill, and he's better at this than anyone I know in the world, is not giving himself enough credit. He's a he's a way better admit, guitar player than he'll admit. Well, you know, come to a show and <laughs> so. Oh, you know, man. Every once in a while, he does get lost in how many measures we've played through. So he's like, <laughs> sure. is this five or eight? <laughs> I'm, is this, am I, what I'm playing still good? Because I'm having fun. And, and that's when we're... That's usually when they cut me off. <laughs> when I start stepping on every game pedal on my board, they're like, okay, he's done. So he's a, he's a very strong musician and a good writer. Sometimes he forgets to count how many chord progressions we've gone through in solos. Like that's, every that's solo. where Jeremy has to bail his ass. <laughs> yeah, that's where like with a bucket in the air tonight comes in. <laughs> right, 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 right. But that's almost like it's almost a good thing because I can I can relate to that as well. I was in the last band I was in, which is now probably ten years ago. But yeah. I was a three piece. I was playing guitar and singing, and we had bass and drums. And the bassist and the drummer were incredibly talented musicians. <clears> and <throat> I was just kind of fucking around on top. You know, <laughs> I was making some noise. It was pretty much pretty close to the right key or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, if I hadn't had that, it would be terrible. 
But it, the fact that they were there keeping things steady kind of made it like... I, I, was, I was probably better than I thought I was too. Like, I think yeah. people were... You know, no one said I was a terrible guitar player or whatever. I thought I was kind of what you're saying. Yeah, but, and like no one's ever come up to me and been like, oh man, dude, you should learn how to play the guitar. But having people who are steady <laughs> behind you and are keeping things kind of locked in is, is really, really helpful, I think. Yeah. Especially if you are kind of meandering and things like that, you know, just as a, the type of player, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, and like we're recording an EP right now with Colin Jessen who plays for an amazing band called The Lovers and you should go listen to them because they are super fucking awesome. Are they awesome. paying you for that? You have their shirt on and everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like, I mean, they're not paying me or anything, <laughs> but like, Colin's sort of like, I guess like a father figure to me in the, okay. in the music business. He's taught me so much and one of the things that he taught me when I came in was like, dude, this is called a metronome and <laughs> you should go home and play with this thing because you you need to and I was so angry at him because I was like, oh, Colin, you're killing my muse here, dude. I'm a singer-songwriter. I don't need to have timing. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't play to the metronome to save my soul. And then he gave me like a pep talk one night, and I was like, oh, okay, fuck you, Colin. Uh, I'll try it again. And I went downstairs, and I sat down with the metronome, and I could play to the metronome. And I was like, fuck, he was right. Oh, I don't want to tell him that, though. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, that was one of the things that I learned uh, while we were recording is that, you know, there's there's value in getting your shit together and playing things properly because when you do it to a click, other people can play with you. Right. And, <laughs> and that's nice. <laughs> and that probably easier for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's been nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's always, like, I think our songwriting process has always been a lot of fun because we can, like, I think our skill sets complement each other really well because, like, Jordan's a hell of a songwriter and I am not. But so, usually when we sit down to arrange music, Jordan comes in with a basically a fully written song and Joel and I put something on top of it and really the arrangement process is play half the song and then go to a gig and play the whole song (laughs) no but like but in all seriousness it's like okay maybe you know maybe three times through that chord progression is a strange choice like maybe we go two or four yeah is is there somewhere we can put a you know is there somewhere we can put a break yeah we cut out after do we do a double chorus and that's the song can I have four more guitar solos please (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's it, pretty much exactly how we but do it. Jordan builds the house, and Jeremy carries in the furniture, and I paint it. Yeah, you know, like it's that's it's, his like. It, it none of it happens if he doesn't. You know, when he brings it to us, it already works, and so our job isn't. It becomes basically all right. What's what's great about this, and what are the cool moments, and then how do we just make those moments bigger or make those moments hit heavier? Okay. Um. And not heavy in like a heavy metal kind of way. Sure, yeah, Just yeah. like give on. We should impact. write a metal song though. Uh oh. I still own a Dean no, Vito. Vito. <laughs> I'm using a Vito. Get a friggin' Floyd Rose and. You didn't even get the sentence. I have been trying to classically condition him over the last few months <laughs> <laughs> to continue to use less gain because the last song we recorded, his guitar was pretty clean, and yeah. I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. He always there's always quite a bit of. Um, his strumming is always pretty rhythmic, and there's always, it's not just like one, three, yeah. one, three, like it's, it it has quite a bit of a rhythm to it, and it and it carries a lot of the, the groove of the song, so to speak. Okay. And so, I find if he, like, I need to kind of be over top of that, because if I'm underneath it, I find that I have to match that, and sometimes it just doesn't do it the same way every time. Sometimes, like every time. It works great, but it... And so I've been 
like you don't we don't need <laughs> to stick on four chain pedals yeah. at a time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, I'll and, use two, you use one, and it's gonna sound fat, I promise. Yeah. And uh, the, <laughs> the pedal board has, has shrunk to less gain pedals. Now it's a tuner, a Boss SD1, and a TC Dark Matter to boost the three solos that I play. And that's, that's well, it. just I mean, just looking at the, the, the pedal board over there, I think this is definitely the most pedals I've seen in any band that would fit under the country spectrum locally. And anyway, it's, it's pretty heavy duty. Like that's, that's and some... that's like I'm not a country guitar player. I, I, I wouldn't have guessed, but like, <laughs> well, Buxton no, Road covers no, a lot. No more. offense to anybody listening that really loves country right, music. Yeah, yeah. I I don't listen to country music um, except for the stuff that Zach Brown did with Dave Grohl, <coughs> right? Right. Um, which is amazing. He did one with um, Chris Cornell. You should check out too. Actually, I have that album. That song is great too. <laughs> but that's kind of a um, cool thing to bring to the band, I guess. Anyway, right? If you're not yeah. if country's not your thing, you're taking something totally different and. And so I come in as a, like a rock guitar player, and I like I play in a I play in a cover band that does three hour okay. or like yeah three hour classic rock shows. It's covering music from like songs that came out this year to songs to Beatles, right? Okay. And like basically, you you could probably find a song every five years in between, and so that that's why I have twenty pedals Make, because sense. yeah because I know the audience can't tell the difference between five different overdrives, but I know if it's right, the right. So. <laughs> you have the authentic, yeah, and it, it yeah. makes me feel good. <laughs> and, like um, so, yeah, like I I come from that kind of okay, and then I'm so I'm just trying to find a way that I can do stuff that's familiar to me, but it works in the in the country sound. Because I would say that like like Jeremy, this maybe played a little more country than I have, but we're both more or less rock guys playing with, on Jordan's country songs and sure. that's kind of how that yeah I think going together. like to go back to your I think that's probably the shortest answer to go back to your earlier question of like how are we blending country with the yeah. 90s influence I think that's probably the shortest answer is They're Jordan has musicians. listened to country all his life and Jordan never really have right? yeah, yeah. it right. just sort of happens naturally it's We've just known each other for a long time, and it it works because he likes the music that influenced us. Right. Yeah. And and it's like it's not like we ta- we radically take it from country. Like um, it when we took that quick break there, we were trying. To, I was trying to think of what what's a a country comparable. Yeah. To to at least the level of intensity, and it's um, I don't know like. I mean, I partly I don't listen to enough country to, to get a fair judgment. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. But it, but it's like we're we're certainly not like we're we're not '90s grunge heavy in in any way. But, no. But we're it's like it's we don't sound like pop country either. Right. You know, it's it, it's it's almost like if Southern rock was just a little bit too country to be Southern rock. Okay. And they're close enough anyway. Yeah. Too, right? so you know, it, we're just, if you balance those two, I think we just tip the scale of the country. Okay. I think it, it kind of has like a Tom Petty vibe a little sure. bit. Like that kind of Americana thing I think comes out. And uh, he often ventured into country territory a lot. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's like that or CCR kind okay. of. Yeah, yeah. Like comparisons CCR like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I describe the Eagles this way too, and I'm not comparing us to the Eagles by any stretch. <laughs> but if you don't like country music, yeah. you can call them rock, and if you don't like rock music, you can call them country. And either way, you're happy and they're great. I like both rock and country, but I hate the Eagles. Really? <laughs> I guess that's that's the Venn diagram, I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Live down my 
one thing that always kind of comes up whenever I'm interviewing anyone who has any kind of country sound whatsoever, whether it's someone who's, yeah. you know, someone like Quentin Blair, who's very, very pure country, or someone like, uh, anyone really, someone who's more punk, whatever. I feel like Winnipeg, and I'm kind of curious what your take is on this, Winnipeg is really, really into roots music. Like, there's definitely sure. a big community, always has been, for yeah. country folk, bluegrass, every, everything in that kind of blues, right? Yeah. But my impression that I've always got of Winnipeg's roots obsession is that people here like things that sound a little bit broken. They, they don't want... There are, again, Quentin Blair's a great example of people who do very, very pure country music and succeed at it and they're very good at it. But a lot of the bands that come out of this region, not just the city, I guess, yeah. that play country music are kind of... They maybe have a punk edge to it or there's something a bit weird about it or it's like... I, I don't know. It is, did you get that, that impression? That sort of there, there's kind of a, an offness <laughs> to the country where, rather than really, really big kind of twangy cowboy hats things. There's always some kind of kind of griminess almost. And I, I don't know if it's... I mean, I wonder if it's not that there's... If you look back at the history of Winnipeg, like there's a big rock axe that oh, come out yeah, of Winnipeg yeah. too, right? And I wonder that if that's the, the, the thing that's appealing to me about rock music is not necessarily that it's loud. I mean, I like that it's loud. Sure. But... Um, like, you know, my favorite band growing up was Arlington Peace, and it's that edge and that weird falsetto and that everything isn't quite nice, right? right. And that, the same thing is special about that as, as the, that kind of... Right, because really that something a little bit off kind of appeals to you, right? Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cause it's just got... It's got a little bit of an edge to it that's, that's unique instead of over-polished, and I think that that's kind of... I think that's been a common thread through some Winnipeg artists from a lot of different oh, yeah, I think so, yeah. And I think that maybe that's where it comes through in in some of that country music stuff too. I, I think too that this city has a, a really good history of jamming, if that makes yep, sense, it where it's really easy to say, I'm freezing my ass off this winter, I'm going to go to my buddy's house with my guitar and we're going we're gonna to play. And so everybody's influences kind of get mixed up. So it doesn't really matter if you're a country player or you're a punk player and you're playing together. That right. all falls into that pot and that that's sense. what comes out. That makes sense. Uh, like... I grew up listening to my grandpa play bluegrass music on upright bass and guitar, and then my dad was a rock musician. My brother, I made him get a bass because I wanted a band, and that was the easiest way to get a bass player, was to be like, hey, Eric, we're going to St. John's Music, and you're getting a bass. And he was like, oh, but I don't play the bass. I'm like, well, you do you now. Do <laughs> and he doesn't play with a pick either. So, that was... so George, what was your band with your brother called? It was called Wayward Son. And... Uh, <laughs> it was a three piece. Okay, uh, three piece. Yeah. yeah, and uh, we played punk, um, and I can remember we played at uh, a care home, like an old folks home, because they had no. How, I, how did you I, get that? I don't know. I still don't know. <laughs> when the town is I, small I, enough, yeah, you I can guess. Play it anywhere. was a small town. Yeah. yeah, like I've lived in small towns my whole <laughs> Not life. Not a Winnipeg care home. <laughs> no, 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 no. But like they got us to come play. I don't think they had a clue what they were doing. Uh, but, like, I stepped on my boss heavy metal distortion pedal at song one, and I didn't turn it off until we were done. Nice. And so, like, 20 minutes through our angry set, we were done. Yeah. And they were looking at us like, oh, you, you need to kill an hour. So we just played our set again and again and again until <laughs> the hour was over. And I don't think anybody, I mean, I know they didn't remember because they didn't remember what the first song was. And they right. all just sat there with their wigs blown back like, holy <laughs> shit. We did that there, we did that at a school, we did that at a church. I don't think people really knew what Wayward Son was. Right. So, I mean, we still have, I still have a jacket from that band hanging in my closet. We were cool. 
That's cool. Yeah, we don't have jackets. Yeah, I know a lot of guys don't have jackets. It's kind of cool that you were playing uh, like care homes and you had merch already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I can owe that to supportive parents. That's one thing that okay. I'm lucky with. My parents always were, yeah, you want to play? Go go play it. That's like, awesome. I got my first guitar when I was like six, probably. I think I still have that in my basement. and dad kind of showed me a few chords i took a few lessons and i i played until i could outplay the teacher in my town right and then i went to the teacher in the next town did the same thing <laughs> and then that teacher was like fuck you go home and play on the radio and i was like right. oh so you mean i have to learn how to play by ear now oh. and then i did that and then i forgot everything i learned and so now i write songs it's <laughs> 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 interesting interesting journey there for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's been fun. Yeah, do you have a video of the care home thing? Does that ever get documented? Uh, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope so. That would be fantastic. See, at at that time, I was actually, like, like jacked. I was in really good shape. He was jacked when I met him. Holy smokes. At that time, I also had maroon hair and... Uh, mesh shirts. Okay. So, yeah, I did. <laughs> like, <laughs> like full, full on. Get the table. Oh, that's the table. Yeah, screwing up my wrestling reference. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, the image is there, though. Right? Yeah, the mesh shirt, the purple hair. Yeah, it was. It was good. It was good. You know, and I'm just remembering now the one that we played at school was a Christmas concert, and. Uh, I don't think Jingle Bells has ever been played that heavy <laughs> before on my Yamaha Shredder Super Strat, but we rocked it, and I'm sure the parents were really disappointed. Yeah. Well, maybe someone got to do it, you don't know. Could be one or yeah. two. It's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> concerts can be really boring to sit through. Oh, yeah. Because your kid's on for 10 seconds, and then like you have to sit through 20 other classes. <sighs> and then you have to tell the other parents beside you, yeah, your kid is equally great at yeah. mine. And you, I mean, you don't watch, believe no, that. No, you, no. Nobody believes that. Even though so. it's the kid who's singing completely off key. And the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and like, my kids. kids do heavy metal jingle bells, and then you're like, wow, this is that's cool. sweet. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. My <laughs> kids. just got better. That's a Christmas concert in 10 years. My kids have a ton of personality already. I mean, they come by it very honestly but like <laughs> my son is three my daughter is gonna be two and uh she might be the strongest female i have ever met she's about this tall and you don't fuck with her she, she'll put you in your place and yeah. and it's funny because she she uh, talks quite a bit for a little kid but when you when you cross that line with her she's right up in your face like no dad you will not <laughs> and so I, I think they're going to be uh, interesting kids at their Christmas concerts. They're going to be that kid on YouTube whacking another kid on the yeah, back of yeah. the head or whatever. You might have a punk band on your hands when you're, yeah. Well, they, that's actually funny. My little boy, when he was nine months old, he was, like, strumming on my guitars because he started walking really young. Uh, so we bought him a ukulele so that he'd stop beating on my nice Gretsch or, or anything. And he would get mad when it would go out of tune, and he'd bring it to us and make us tune it yeah. because he hated the sound of it being oh, wow. out of tune. I mean, ukulele sounds like garbage, anyways, <laughs> even, even in tune. But like, we'd tune it for him, and then he would be like, "Hey, this is a little better." It's funny because I know for a fact that there are some ukulele players listening to the show. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, you can you can love ukulele, and I respect you for it. But like, you won't be in my band. Right, right. <laughs> that's okay. You wouldn't want me in your band either. So. That's true. <laughs> Jordan, you need one more kid so that you can keep the uh, punk rock power trio. <laughs> no, Jordan's gonna be the dad in the band. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, no! Just I'll die don't, well before do, that, guys. Do not make him play drums. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna hit the crash. 
not tired. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I almost, I'm almost at that point, too, though. My kids have, uh, like, I have a drum set and guitars and keyboards and stuff in my basement. And I'm just waiting, like, you know, they like playing around with them. But yeah, yeah. One day when they're teenagers, if they want to start a punk band or something, I'm going to be like, just. Yeah, like, yeah. What else do you need? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Them. Let's go. Yeah. 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 Only kids with Marshall stacks. Yeah, I'll book your shows for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you got the connections, right? So. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. yeah. Well, by then, who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> back on track to the uh, Moonlight Road. Um, You have, uh, you know, because that could go on. <laughs> uh, you have an EP you're working on, right? Yep. And is this the first thing you have recorded, or is there anything else floating around demo-wise or anything like that? We have, well, I have... Uh, one song that I did live off the floor okay. at the coffee shop studio. Uh, that's that's all that we have. We we got we did some demos, but oh yeah, we did some acoustic almost, stuff in a church. Okay, almost okay. a year ago, Jordan and I did just the acoustic guitar and cajon. Um, I don't know if they're floating around anywhere, but I mean, we do have that somewhere. Got a, he's got a CD of them. Uh, um, but the, the the EP you're working on is kind of going to be the first official. Yeah, yeah, I would say the first official thing for sure. Cool. And it's kind of a mix mash of Winnipeg musicians that are playing on. Uh, uh, the only country musician that's playing on it actually is Greg Arcade. He did Fair the enough. drums, um, and then Sean Barry from Diverline is doing bass, and I think some guitar. And Colin Jessen from The Lovers is doing pretty much everything else to make the bed tracks sound magic. And then Joel and I are throwing our parts on in the next couple weeks. Cool. And that's, do you think, like in the summer sometime? To, to really yeah, play? yeah. Also. We have some festival gigs coming this summer, and we're hoping to have uh, have it done by, hopefully by Howl at the Moon. Cool. Which is at the end of July. It would be nice to have it done by then. Yeah, Howl at the Moon. I don't know, he told me today, like, you can expect to maybe go do guitars in the next couple weeks. So. Cool, cool. So it's, it's on the go. So yeah. I, yeah, I go in this weekend to do my guitars and vocals. Okay. Well, speaking of festivals and stuff, I mean, I know, I know you uh, you played Howl at the Moon last year, is that right? Or was yeah. Like... Yeah, we played Howl at the Moon. Yeah, Joel and I played Howl at the Moon okay. last yeah. year. Um, and are you on both this year? Both played drums this year? Yeah, we're playing Howl at the Moon and Rattlesnake this so year. So how, how did you, because you don't have the recordings really out right now or anything like that, how did you get kind of get on, I guess, Greg's uh, attention for those festivals? You know, I have no idea, because he messaged me on Twitter and was like, hey man, do you have any videos of your music? And I was like, uh, well, I do now, Greg. <laughs> and, then, and then I sent him something and he said, cool, I have this cool opportunity, you want to come play? And I was like, uh, fuck yeah. yeah. And then we played Howl at the Moon, and that's how I kind of got involved with the uh, with Greg and doing the shows that he puts on and okay. he, he's again been a guy that's been really good to me and taught me a lot of stuff kind of as we've been going that you know like stuff that he's had to learn maybe the hard way he's saved my ass from having to learn the hard way right uh, and I think he has a little bit of a punk rock attitude too because sometimes he'll say to me you know you could do that yourself and save yourself some money and I'm like oh okay, cool because like yeah. I was going to pay you to do it but now you're telling me go learn how to do that yeah. And, and so yeah like, he definitely has a DIY thing uh, yeah. yeah like and it might be to his own detriment sometimes because he could make a couple bucks off you but he doesn't take advantage right. of you he says you could you know you could do something better with that money that you're not going to learn easily on your own right. so that's that's uh, kind of been his role for me is okay. teaching me shit uh, so that I don't have to learn it the hard way sort of like Colin too these guys right. uh, those two guys in your corner are nice to have but aside, aside from you know however Greg found you on Twitter, I, I don't know I don't know uh, <laughs> because like, most bands that I have on the show 
regardless of how new they are, how long they've been around, they have like at least like a demo on Bandcamp or something. Yeah, you guys literally have the one song that yeah. I'm able to find online. Yeah. So how, how are you getting shows? Like, how, are you are people just finding you, uh, hearing you at the care home, or pretty much, <laughs> pretty much? Jordan just tells me like, oh hey, I was talking to a person about this and this and this, and I've never I've never understood either really. Yeah. yeah. Like I, <laughs> I I have this. This is what happens. I'm just like I I either he called this person or they stumbled across him and, right. and guess there's a gig. It's so, both. Uh, it's both. I, I just check my calendar and say yeah I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I probably live the most interesting life uh, that you'll have ever heard of because I've done everything from be a burger cook to be a preacher okay. uh, and everything you could imagine in between. Right now I'm a firefighter, but I'm also a trained scuba diver and all these other weird things that you'd be like, yeah, that you're, is, you're yeah. full of shit, buddy. Yeah. I, like, I've written five books okay. and three of them are for sale, for sale now. Um, so I attract weird people. <laughs> he'll give me he'll give me cool opportunities oh, I mean sitting here in green pants but my pants I'm gonna hipster, get on hipster with a and with a Christmas tree in the background too. yeah my <laughs> Christmas tree yeah. but you're not weird you got a Christmas tree <laughs> in April <laughs> well they come on the water ski over in the corner uh, yeah like I attract weird people yeah. and I attract cool people and usually somewhere in that Venn diagram right, is the opportunity right. and, and, and they either they either love me or hate me but they're, they'll give me that shot, and uh, I'm pretty good at taking advantage of that shot when I can choke down my anxiety long enough to sure. say, that would be cool. Okay, okay. I guess once you have the, C- the, the EP out, it'll be... Easier. More, yeah, yeah, calling card, right? You can yeah. check this out. Here's the songs. Here's uh, what we can do. But, like, with our, our website and social media and all that stuff, like, my wife does that stuff as a side business, so it's really easy for me because I have a lot of people that can just kind of carry my ass through things because they have skills so where i don't have skills they're like all right but he's likable so let's <laughs> let's just help him out this one time which then like turns into 10 years of people helping me right so, yeah but that is kind of the very punk rock diy way of doing things yeah. in general i mean that's how this show works right like a lot of a lot of the best bands i think that regardless of genre are are doing that kind of helping each other along the way and sure. it benefits everybody right so it's yeah, like there's no advantage in, in. I mean, I know I've shit on ukulele players and bassists to use picks or whatever, <laughs> yeah. but I'm just joking. But like, there's there's no advantage to shitting on somebody, even no. if you don't like them or, or what they're doing. What good does that do you? Like, so you shit on somebody, so they're gonna shit on you. Yeah. Okay, great. Now you have a thing between the two of you, but where's that gonna go? Nowhere. So don't do it. Don't be shitty. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's kind of the moral of our music, moral, really. Is yeah. don't don't be shitty. Uh, yeah. Don't be shitty. Don't do drugs. Don't be extremely mentally ill. I don't think that's a choice, though. <laughs> well, you know, if, if it was a choice, I don't think I'd fucking choose it. That's right, for sure. right. So, okay, so uh, if people don't want to be shitty, how can they, <laughs> and they want to hear more of your stuff, what's the best thing for them to do? Obviously, the EP is in the works. Yeah. But uh, someone, you know, is hearing of you for the first time on this show, and they want to find out more, find out where you're playing shows, that kind of thing, what's the best? Uh, so, we have... Shows are on the website, right? Yeah. Um, all of our shows wind up on the moonlightroadband.com <laughs> website. Uh, and we use Twitter and Instagram... We have Facebook, but we don't really use it because I don't like Facebook. But okay. we we have those other pages going, and that's the best way to find out what we're doing. Um, I'll make sure that I tell everybody Facebook page. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> join the fifty other people that follow it because uh, I I don't even I don't know if I even follow it actually. I should check. Probably should. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Are those all under the moonlit road? Is it the the is important in the the, the is important. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are the places to find us, and we'll be playing around this summer. Uh, Rattlesnake at the end of May, Howl at the Moon at the end of July. 
uh, Honey Garlic Festival in Manitou uh, at the end of September. Manitou. That sounds pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. It's the Manitoban thing. And honey, part, honey garlic, honey part of the festival. pay is uh, is free supper. And like, pretty good. If, you, if you've <laughs> never been <laughs> to Manitou sick. Honey Garlic, good goddamn, is that food good? So, like, it, it's actually, like, I know it sounds like a shitty thing to get paid in food, which has happened. It doesn't sound that bad, actually. It's not terrible. <laughs> like, you don't get paid, not at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. free show for free or show for food. I choose food anyway. Yeah. And, well, and we have a gig in Clear Lake, too, that oh, nice. we played, uh, Joel and I played in Clear Lake last summer, and uh, it was kind of funny because uh, there was a bachelorette party happening at the venue that we were okay. playing at and they tried to get us to come back with them to play at the Elkhorn Resort where they were staying okay. and uh, my kids were my kid was there and so I just kind of pointed over and was like that's my son I can't go with you because that's my <laughs> wife over there too <laughs> yeah so I think we're going back there again this summer because <laughs> uh, that was cool um, yeah but yeah, yeah they were they were a responsive audience jeez they were loud yeah, that's what you want, right? Yeah, yeah. eight people at one table. <laughs> yeah, man, they owned that table. Cool. Uh, well, people should uh, else, but... check out the website. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, the EP will be. I mean, depending when you listen, maybe it's already out. Yeah. And uh, if not, check the website. Be. Check the uh, social media things like that. Um, if you want to hear more episodes of this show, go to witchpolice.com. There'll all two hundred and probably ninety some episodes by this point are there for free download and streaming. Uh, you can also tune in to UMFM on Sunday nights. At midnight, which is the prime uh, radio listening time, it's you know, obviously the best time to possibly listen to the radio. Uh, if you do happen to tune in on a Sunday at midnight, those are older episodes that kind of get a second wind. So it's um, what mid-April right now we're recording this. Might not air until like August or September. So at that point, the CD will be out. Yeah. So, so people can just kind of. If it's not, Colin's gonna beat me. Right, you can just kind of go from your car at midnight or whatever to like wait outside the record store. And then yeah. Buy the <laughs> 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 immediately, right? You're, yeah. So it's, it's right there. You could probably go home because I don't think you'll need to camp out and wait for it. Right, because there's the internet and things like that. And you yeah. Can yeah, like maybe those eight chicks will be camped out. But right. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, if it's already out, I don't think it'll be. Right. If you want to camp, all you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't mind. We might and, join. But you. send us pictures if you're camping out. Right, that'd be cool. And then you yeah. post them on everything but Facebook. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> all right, right on. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. I work. Not used to playing this one. Taste your lips. Give me a